Good morning, what's happening? This is Andy Kelly, Water's Edge Church. I'm pre-recording the message because today is an extended family Sunday and it might get a little nuts in church. We are invited all the young and young at heart into the gathering so that we can exist as aunties and uncles, mamas and papas, friends and family. So it's a good day. It's something we do a few times a year as a church. And uh, with that, we are also continuing our series. It's called Homecoming, Celebrating the Lost Being Found. The whole idea is this, that heaven parties when the lost and lonely come home. This happens as the foolish, the wandering, the defined it, find their way of being found by God. See, in our sin, God searches for us. In our salvation, when God saves us, God also celebrates. And this party is so inviting, so epic, so amazing that uh, the earth is compelled to join the festivities. Uh, and these parties where heaven celebrates the lost being found when, when a lost child comes home to God. Th- these parties that happen, each and every time that happens, is, is a foretaste of what is to come when we are all finally together with Jesus. So, as they say, the call is not to stand in the background watching it all go down, but actually to come around, to search around with the God who puts down his crown in order to make a joyous sound to boogie down the lost being found. Amen? And as we searched, one of the fun things we did in the gathering was we had a searching activity for kids. I showed 10 coins, or at least what I think coins could be a larger version, and they, they had to go around the room and look for these lost coins, which was a lot of fun. And uh, they worked hard to find those coins. It took quite a few minutes and uh, in the parable today, we see that there is a woman who searches a whole day to find one coin because it was worth so much to her. And that's what we're reading in Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 9. Jesus tells a parable. He says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins. Each are worth a day's wages, and she loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have lost my coin. Rejoice with me, because I have lost my coin. Verse 10 says, In the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. There's a, there's a party going down. Now, as we consider this party, let's first consider this woman. Does anybody know what this woman represents in the story? She represents God. Jesus tells a parable, which is a, another word for a meaningful story or allegory, where Jesus describes God as this concerned, searching, and then celebrating woman. Now, what do you think about God being compared to a female, a woman, a girl? Is God a boy or is God a girl? Well, he's called our Heavenly Father, and rightfully so. But it's compared to a girl here. I mean, what is he? Well, God's bigger than us and our humanity. God represents all the best and distinctive qualities of being a man 
and God represents all the best and distinctive qualities of being a woman, of being a father and a mother in this case. It says in the first page of the Bible that we are made in God's images, that boys are made in God's images and girls are made in God's image. This means, and that's a large conversation I get, that even though we call God Father, we are able to receive the mom-like qualities of God too. That even though we call God Father, we are able to receive the mom-like qualities of God too. And I want to amen that. We see this elsewhere in scripture. We see it in several places. You could do a whole study on the maternal, the mom-like qualities of God. Isaiah 49:15 says, "Can a woman, can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? If even if that was possible, I, God, would not forget you." Deuteronomy 32:18 says, "You forgot the rock who fathered you, and forgot the God who gave you birth." Who delivers children? It's our mamas. See, God has dad-like qualities and mom-like qualities. I think this is helpful, especially when I was asking the kids today, hey, when are you hurting? Who do you, who do you want? Some say mom, some say dad. All of us want God. When you need help, who do you call on? Again, mom, dad, friends, family, they're boys and girls. God represents all these things, the goodness of all of us. When you're hungry, what, what name do you call on? That's probably mom, probably dad at times. I mean, Jesus, when he enters in Jerusalem the week he'll die, he compares himself to a mama hen who, who's longing to gather her chicks under her wings. This is when Jesus is going to the cross. He sees the people and he longs to gather them in. See, God's not on a mountain with lightning bolts in his hands. God is looking out for you just like your mom and dad. God is our parent always looking out for you, always holding you, always holding you because you are special to God. And that's just it. This leads us into parable. This parable tells us, and I had my wife come in and kind of represent this picture of God sweeping the room. I can just tell you the story right now. This parable tells us that this silver coin is valuable enough to search for. She's searching for coin. It's, it's worth a day's wage, which likely tells us that she is poor, a peasant, like most of the people of Jesus' day. Either way, she is lighting a candle. She's ending into the dark corners, looking. Sometimes when we're away from God, it feels dark, but we need to know that God is searching for us, and where God is, there's light. She sweeps the floor, and in ancient homes, there were either dirt floors, or, or more likely, floors with uncut stones, creating these deep crevices, where a small coin would simply go unnoticed. Perhaps she's sweeping the floors with the hopes of hearing a, a, a clicking or a clinking of the coin as she sweeps. Will she hear the coin call out to her? Will she hear the coin? In the same way, there's joy and presence when one sinner repents, calls out, turns to God. As she hears the coin, does she hear it call after her? And when she finds it, this woman snatches it and holds it close to her heart and gathers everyone to rejoice with her. Certainly, this is the reason why we meet as a church, why we gather to rejoice that we are found. This is why we sing, hug, smile, sing songs, saying God is good. It becomes a party when the lost is found. 
Here's another question. How did the coin get lost? How did this coin find itself to be lost? Well, no one really knows. No one knows. Sometimes we don't realize how we get lost or even that we are lost. I mean, in the previous parable, there's a foolish sheep. The sheep decided to wander off on its own. That was foolish. In the next parable that we'll read over the next several weeks, there's a selfish child. The child in pride decides to leave God. But this coin just found itself to be lost. There are people who can make foolish decisions. There are people who make self-decisions. And sometimes, keyword sometimes, there's people who just find themselves to be lost. Lives missing and unknowingly longing for the presence of God. Now, I'm not saying there wasn't a reason this coin is lost. I'm just saying sometimes we don't know why it's lost. You don't understand how you got lost. When I was a kid, there were so many things in life that I desired. I desired friendships. I desired to do well in sports and activities. I desired to, to perform well in my studies. And when I made those things a focus, these things that are even good, like friendships, uh, you can get lost. I had one friend, my name, buddy's Josh. He and I loved God and we, we discovered God together. But I also had other friends who didn't love God and were trying to get me to do things and look at things that weren't good for my heart, that was hurting me and hurting others. I mean, friendships are a good thing. God describes himself or herself as a friend. But sometimes when we make our friends or sports or studies the end-all be-all, we lose God along the way. Not that God's far from any one of us, but we walk our own way. Sometimes we don't know why people are lost. We just need to let them know that, hey, God is searching for them. I don't know where you're at, but you need to know that God is searching for you and inviting you home. Now, the key word, again, is sometimes. I don't know what's going on in life, but I know there's a God who knows you and longs to know you in a deeper way. But other times, other times we got to tell people that their actions are hurting themselves and hurting others. My sister did this in my own life. She said, hey, if you keep going this way, you're just going to keep hurting yourself. You need to come home to God because that is where you are prized and loved. The one true God who takes hold of you, who takes hold of us. We need to take hold of the God who takes hold of us. And when we are found, we'll recognize the ways in which we are lost. And that's where I want to have a good exercise together. I want to have an extended family exercise where we, we talk about being found. And, and we reflect on where we were when God found us. So I'm going to put some questions up on the screen. The questions are simply this. I want parents to share with their children, where was I when God found me? What was my life like? How has my life changed as a result of knowing God? And how is my life changing? This is a great opportunity uh, to do this with, with kids. And um, this is an extended family Sunday. I would love for kids here, if they're guardians or parents here, that they would do this with their family that they wouldn't separate, but this would be an opportunity for parents to share with their children. But this is an extended family Sunday, so it's not just relegated to families. It's for all aunties and uncles, whether you're single, widow, divorce. I want my kids to hear your stories. So whoever's close to you, I want kids, families, and extended family alike, aunties and uncles, to come together and share a little bit about this, to take 10 minutes and share like, 
for each person, each adult to just go and say, hey, where was God? Where was I when God found me? How is my life like? How is my life changed? And how is my life changing? Don't overthink the answers. Share briefly, but don't share too much because we want to create space for people to go. You're going to have to learn that you all have about like two minutes. Maybe you need to set a timer. How's that sound? So in each group, there should be at least two to four adults. And um, each person should go for about two minutes total. All right? Okay, look at the questions and then we'll gather together. There's no wrong way to do this. It's all the right way because it's about God finding us. All right. As I end today, I wanted to just create a simple illustration that I think is helpful for the mind's eye of both uh, adults and children, young and young alike. Uh, there's a simple illustration my friend crafted to help people understand the grace of God and how Jesus is really different than any other worldview, which includes those who don't believe in God, because the worldviews are this, that you must obey to be accepted, that you must do something in order to, to get something. And that's even true with those who don't believe in God. They still believe they have to earn and then receive. Either way, this illustration really is helpful for me. I'm from the East Coast, and I like to visit my parents, and I love them. I love them, and, you know, I want to please them because they've done so much for me. And so uh, this December is actually their 50th anniversary, and they live in Fort Pierce, Florida, which is just um, near the coast, the East Coast, uh, outside of Disneyland, about an hour. I had you at Disneyland. Uh, so we're going to work out whatever it takes to get there. Money, time, effort, whatever. Now, there are a lot of ways to get to Florida. We live here in San Diego. There are a lot of ways. I can walk. I can what else can I do? I could take a taxi. That would be super expensive. I can Uber, still expensive. I can take a train, probably beautiful, but there's not a straight route. So it'd have to be planes, trains, automobiles. Probably a plane is the most, is the wisest way. And there's different routes a, a, a plane can take. It can, it can go through Dallas. It can go a straight flight, which is really nice. You can go sometimes a roundabout way, like you'll have to go up to Oregon or up to San Francisco and then down again. Why do we have to do that? But okay. Well, in the same way, every religious worldview is a way to get to some god or gods or some type of certain enlightenment, like your mind is opened up or simply to comfort security. But either way, you have to do things in order to get there. You have to obey, seek, appease. You have to like relinquish, which is a big word. And just as there are countless ways to get to Florida, whether by walking, driving, or flying, there are countless religions to get what you're ultimately working towards. You always got to work. Some like walking, which that's just pretty dismissed. Others like to take flights. It's always the same. You have to work your way to get to your parents, to get to God. You have to continue to obey, appease, relinquish except for the Christian worldview, except for our faith in Jesus. You see, in our faith, the gospel of Jesus, our Lord and Savior says that instead of us going to fly to Florida, 
he's already come to San Diego, that my parent wants to come for me, and that parent search for me and stays with me and celebrates me. I don't need to find a way to get to Florida. God is already getting to me. God is our God of the sleepovers. He's come to our house. He has found me, and I can receive his love and enjoy it where I am because God's love never goes anywhere. It's the light in my darkness. Once you're truly found by God, you'll never, he'll never, God will never leave you or forsake you. And like a loving papa and a loving mama, God is searching for you, calling your name. And where you say, here I am, here I am, I am yours. Are you mine? God takes hold of you and says always, amen? Amen. So this um, exercise, this time together, this exploration, this furthering of who God is leads us to our next steps, that we are to testify to the work that God has done in our life. Those questions I asked earlier where was God when I where when where was I when God found me? What was my life like? How has my life changed and how is it changing? To tell other people. And then also to pray for three lost and lonely people this week. And then to combine those efforts and share with one of those three people what God has done in your life. Amen. So let's pray together. Lord, here I am. You are you find us. You're right here, aren't you, Lord? So Jesus, thank you that your cross shows us how much you're willing to, to come see us, to be with us, that your Holy Spirit is here right now saying, I am yours and you are mine, Lord. Thank you for the gift of life, Jesus, and we pray that we would be open to the ways that you're loving us, both with your dad-like qualities and mom-like qualities. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.